Wallabies are fired up. The British and Irish Lions are ready. It's now time to form the Ruck. The special British and Irish Lions Tour Edition. The Ruck. Hello and welcome to the show on another Sunday morning where we're going to talk all things rugby uh, and plenty of other stuff as well. Berkey, good morning. Morning, Tone. How are you? Very well, thank you. Timmy uh, Horan is in our Gold Coast studios. Uh, well, he claims to be there. We can't speak to him just yet, but we'll be able to in a few minutes, I understand. What, what is it with the Gold Coast what? with him? Has he finished his Masters? I mean... Well, I'm not. He paid he was for last his Masters? Night, he oh, last, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. He wouldn't pay. No. <laughs> uh, so... They had a telephone up there, obviously, to raise funds for him. Uh, he, uh, he he called the game last night, of course, the Lions playing against Queensland, yeah. the, the Reds. There was a lot of red on the field, wasn't there? Plenty of red. So Could be mixed up at some oh, times there. No, there wasn't, you know, white tops, red bottoms, and mm. red bottoms and white tops. Uh, we'll get to Timmy very, very shortly. Just some results for you. Before I get there, I drove in this morning, Berkey. Somebody uh, during the evening uh, last night, obviously, we thought, oh, I've got a really good trick. So they've scattered what looks like seeds of some sort on the roads so that the pigeons and the birds were and when, when so when the cars arrive and I you know they're taking off very very late because pigeons mm. obviously pigeons see things in virtual slow motion I they knew le- that they leave it late well they do well that's because they, if we see uh, the world in 12 frames per second a pigeon sees it in 24 frames per second right so a car approaching them they go oh, I've got plenty of time down the way this is moving so one, slowly. They need one of those uh, the signs on the you know, on your wing mirrors. Uh, uh, objects may appear closer than they expected. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Maybe it was a part of the Vivid Festival last night that they were sort of you know just a, a, a leftover from sort of hanging on the bridge and that kind of stuff. Maybe, perhaps. Yeah. The uh, the Brumbies uh, on Friday, thirty nine beat the Rebels seventeen. Uh, the Lions last night, as we said, they uh, over the top of the Reds twenty two to twelve. New Zealand sweep past France twenty three thirteen. England too good for Argentina thirty two to three. South Africa forty four. Italy 10. Uh, plenty of rugby to talk about and plenty of people to talk with. We are going, we've got some great special guests. John Eels will join us this hour. Joe Roth will join us this hour. The man who has voted the hero of the last Lions Tour. Was he to really? Poll. Yeah, a poll in rugby.com.au, I just noticed. That was in Canberra. <laughs> well, in the, in the Roth family only. Uh, we'll speak to Joe Roth uh, later in the show as well. It's all ahead right here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. And it's a ruck, thanks to Rebel Home of British and Irish Lions official supporter gear. We're going to get to those games. The, the Lions game last night, Tim Horan was there. Uh, he will join us uh, very, very shortly, so we'll talk to him uh, when that happens. Before then, Burke, as ever, on a Sunday, I read your column uh, in the Sun Herald. Beautiful, brilliant reading. Not shocked by the picture. <clears throat> Not shocked by the I'm, I'm shocked by every week that the photographs just seem to get larger and larger, and your byline, the, math, the Burke, takes up uh, a quarter of the page. That's correct. Now, you've named the six players who will come into the Wallaby side, uh, yep. uh, the extension of the squad. I, I, I noticed that you've gone through, you've got, I'll just go th- through them, and I want you to just have a little chat. Curtly Beale, you've got Hugh McManaman, uh, Dan Palmer, Jesse Mogg, and Digby Yuani. Yeah, you haven't got Quade Cooper. Now, that's because you picked him in your original squad, yes? <laughs> Correct. Okay. But I'm just w- working how this works out, because he seems to have fallen between the cracks. You picked him, but they didn't. Now, you haven't added him in your six. So, therefore, he doesn't get a run. See, if you take the square root of 100,248, <laughs> you get to the point. The thing about it is, so the, these six players that I chose from from uh, in the paper today were to the, the next six uh, outside the, the squad that's happening at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, a couple of injuries happened last week. Um, 
uh, Scott Higginbotham, Higginbotham did his shoulder. Hugh Pyle did his shoulder. I think Hugh Pyle would have been included into the into the extra six if that's the case. Um, I think Kurtley Beale will be there, uh, having been asked to train all week. Yeah. I think that's a a pretty good indication that uh, that he'll be in the side somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, there was plenty of chat about Luke Burgess when yeah. Robbie Deans was talking about it in the press comments when they announced that you know that he will be available. He's coming back from uh, Toulouse uh, to play for the Rebels, and 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 he had a crack the other night as well. He was he was there or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. Uh, so they're two. I think they were the two given. You've got to find a replacement for Scott Higginbotham to come in there. And, and Hugh McManaman, I think, would do a fantastic job. And he's been injured um, over the last little while. He's hurt his shoulder blade, I think it was. Um, but he's had about as much footy as Kurtley Beale has in the last sort of you know, month, month and a half. So I don't see why they, they shouldn't choose him. Um, Jesse Mogg, just because he's um, he can play fullback to start with, he can play a bit of wing. Yeah. And he's got a massive boot on him, kicks the ball a long way. He's incredibly fast. I think it would be just just reward for his season that he's had this year for the Brumbies. I mean, remember the Brumbies are on top of the competition at the same time. So you'd think there'd be more players from the Brumbies being involved in that Wallaby squad. Anyhow, um, he will. I think he will get a start somewhere in that squad, even if he's just involved with the setup. It'd be a fantastic experience yeah. for him at the same time. Um, and then also, I've gone for Dan Palmer. Uh, you know, that as we saw in the game last night, as we'll talk to Tim in a minute about it, um, the set piece that the Lions have scrum time is just outstanding that, that, that's what they do they love it um, they, they, they see it as an attacking weapon rather than just the start of a, a phase of play so Dan Parner scrummaging wise is, uh, is, is one of the best going around it just locks it down so um, and then at the back of that Dibuan if he's, if he's fit right. we saw him on the yeah, bench last there, night he? uh, he'd be fantastic yeah, addition as well okay well what about the Quade Cooper thing did he do enough last night or is he still doing the same as the week before really there are the, those things that you go oh this is the reason why he should be in it then you go oh this is the reason why he shouldn't be in it yeah. he hasn't really definitively done stood up and said you must put me in the team still defended at fullback again last yeah. night um, and you know if, if I was the if I was the coach if I was the player and, and the, the national coach is saying to me Hey, I want you to stay on the front line. I want you to at least give us an idea of what you can and cannot do. Um, but they obviously they're, they're running their own boat and, and or, or show, I should say, and, and putting him at the back there um, and saying we're doing the best for the Reds, which I understand completely. But I, th- I think it's at the the detriment of the player at the same time. Uh, we, you see what he does sometimes. If he's passing last night was outstanding. You know, Thirty meter passes to find some width, and um, you know, and and you might think, yeah, I mean, thirty meter pass, but. Run out there and just try and be a ten meter pass accurate. It's, it's, I can't, couldn't even run out there at the moment. <laughs> the thirty meters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so he's 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 got some attributes that you just go, this is unbelievable. Then he's yeah. got some attributes and think, well, hang on, he just got caught out of there. I mean, he gets he gets out of trouble outstandingly well, but he gets himself into, into trouble. trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the problem. <laughs> he seems to be able to get out of it, but he's made the mess at the same time. Um, yeah, and then you go on the back of that. You just got to play smart from ten sometimes. When I mean, you look at so, you know some of the best that have, that have played for you know Australia as well, um, Michael Liner, Grant Fox over in New Zealand, uh, Dan Carter, Stephen Larkham. I mean, great players at the number ten role who were sort of just straight up and down. I mean, Bernie Larkham was a perhaps a bit more of a runner and a passer, but you just you just guide the team around. Put You're him saying in the spots. You, so number ten, you got to be a boring human being. Mate, have you met Bernie? <laughs> <laughs> How'd he get his nickname? Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> That's about his, the strength of his personality. <laughs> it, sensational player, though. But you were, t- we're talking earlier, uh, Berkey, about the, the playbook that you guys used mm. to play out of. Uh, what was this with Eddie Jones as It was Eddie coach? Jones era, so yeah. Was it similar to an NFL-style, that detailed a playbook? You had, you had your playbook. And, and that's, I mean, you've just got to be 
the number 10's got to be a, 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 a smart bloke taking you around the park and guiding you around the park, guides the rest of the team around. Um, you know, and our uh, our play sheet before we went into a game was a picture of the field mm-hmm. outlined by, obviously, post-22, halfway 22. Mm-hmm. And they'd just be writing all over the park. And it'd be, you know, um, four or five plays uh, near the try line, outside the 22, inside the 22, outside the 40, inside the 40, halfway line. That's the line outs. That's either side of the field. Then it'd be scrum uh, scrum plays, left-hand side, right-hand side, because obviously you, you can't play a left-hand side scrum with because the, the halfback comes around the rest of it. So all of a sudden, you're sitting there scratching your head thinking, holy moly, like, mm. you know, who, who's going to control this? And that's where the number 10's coming to their own. Did you uh, really say holy moly? I was going to say something else. Yeah. Then, but we, I didn't have the dump button ready. I was looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think on the back of that is Batman. Yeah. So, um, All right, it, we're going to get uh, to Timmy in a moment and plenty more. We're going to speak with uh, Joe Roth, as I mentioned. John Eels will also join us on the show. It's The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show on Triple M. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. On the Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show. Uh, great news, Timmy Horan now joins us. G'day, mate. Hey, boys. How you going? Yeah, I think the um, the gremlins from the British and Irish Lions supporters got into my studio early this morning on their way home, I think. Yeah, that's <laughs> your, your studio. We, got we, ownership of it. That's we cool. actually thought yeah, you I had, just yeah. graduated this morning and you had to wear your cap and gown. I mean, did you? <laughs> Bond University? Is that what it is? You want to plug them again? <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. All good. Hey, no, Timmy, good, though. Good night I, last night, uh, boys. It was. But just before we get to last night's game, can I just ask you a question? Because yeah. last week you revealed that you did go to the uh, Bolshoi Ballet, and it was, you know, I'm yes. very proud yeah. of you. You didn't tell yeah. me what you thought of it, but it, just an addition to that, Yesterday, I found out uh, that Gordon Tallis, right, rugby league player, he went off to the Bolshoi Ballet last night too instead of watching the footy. What's going on in Queensland? We're just opening up to a new audience up here in Brisbane and mm-hmm. Queensland, and yeah, um, yeah but the, the cultural experience. So uh, he's part of our culture club now, Gordon Tallis. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. Did you did you enjoy the ballet? I did enjoy the ballet. Yes, it was a great performance, but mm. um, better performance last night, though, wasn't it, by the British and Irish Lions? Yeah. Now, what string, when we're talking about, the, you know, and we, later in the show, I want to talk about the Western Force and the team that they put up against the yeah. Lions. I thought it was ridiculous. Uh, the Reds, obviously, it was so crucial. Huge crowd there, and it, it, it was a feeling that they, it was something they'd looked forward to, and they got a team the best they could, given the guys who were in the Wallabies who couldn't play. What about the Lions team? Where does that rank in the, among the tourists? Oh, I think there was a really good line side they put out. Um, you know, Sam Warburton, the captain, had played his first game on tour and, you know, had a knee injury for a while. So he, he was back. Uh, Toby Fallatow, the number eight, played some good footy. Um, I thought overall the Reds had a really good performance against them. That first 30 yeah. to 35 minutes, Berkey, didn't they throw the ball around, tapped mm-hmm. and going? Quade Cooper, I thought, was sensational. But, you know, I was listening to you before, Berkey. I'm not sure whether he's done enough to be one of the six Wallaby players selected on Tuesday when Robbie Deans and the selectors announce the next six. But uh, I think he definitely should be in the squad of 31. If Quade Cooper is not one of the best 31 players in Australia, mm. I'm not here. Yeah. But I don't think Robbie Deans will select him because I don't think Robbie wants him to be part of his team. I don't think it's going to be the fit in there, Timmy. Exactly right. Um, but what about you're right about last night. The speed that the Reds play with to start the game was just outstanding. I mean, they, they and they broke a lot of lines. They they, they fractured the Lions' defence more than anything else, and they looked a bit flustered at times. Um, obviously, Owen Farrell there leading it from number 10 was put under pressure, kicked out in the full a couple of times. Uh, Manu Tuolangi goes off, had to shuffle their team around. So it certainly was a, uh, a, a squad effort last night from the Lions to overcome it. But uh, I think that's what they would have wanted before the first Test match, so to speak. The speed and intensity that the Reds played with, it was fantastic. 
Well, it was like the unofficial fourth test match, really, but the, obviously the Waratahs um, coming Saturday will pull a, put a team out that, that won't have all their test players in there as well. Um, but I think that maybe, um, Berkey, that the Reds have allowed Robbie Deans to have a good look at the, the British and Irish lines and where they're deficient in certain areas. Certainly their line-out wasn't. That was sensational at set-piece. But the quick, up-tempo style of game was sensational by the Reds. But... There was times there, Berkey, where Quade Cooper needed to hit the corners and actually yeah. play a bit more field position and play the conditions when it started to get a bit wet in that second half. They, the Reds struggled to get out of their own half in that second half. Now, that unofficial fourth test, is that your own little sort of yeah. catch cry? Because yeah, I heard last, last night, night yeah. you got the red glasses on, Do you too? like that? Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. So, Saturday's what, the unofficial fifth test? So the unofficial it, yeah, fifth yeah, yeah. test, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> unofficial. Yeah. Yeah. It, was it a, a template, though, for the Wallabies in terms of how to play the line? Oh, I think the up-tempo game plan would be, um, and Robbie Deans would have seen that last night. The, the players, the Wallabies, get together um, today in Caloundra, I think it is, um, on Sunshine Coast. But uh, Robbie Deans and the side would have looked at that. I mean, Will Genia ran the water last night, and he got a chance to just get a bit of a feel for what the Lions were doing. So um, I think it sets up well, and, and it's probably the only time that Robbie Deans and the selectors will get a really good look at how the Lions were tested. What about the what about the try from Luke Morahan, uh, Timmy? Oh. Um, you know we, we saw it. I mean, you, you get one you get one opportunity sometimes, and then everything falls into place. He fended off yeah. Warburton with a beautiful left left hand sort of jab type number, and, and then all of a sudden the chip and chase, the awareness to chip and chase Hog and to score the try was just absolutely brilliant. I mean, the crowd, the noise must have been fantastic. Now, and I'll quickly go on to that as well, Timmy. The first test match 12 years ago when we played up in, I think it was the Gabba, I think it was. Uh, the Gabba, yeah. We, we Wallabies, didn't know what was going to hit us. I think what showed last night is going to come up against the Lions in that first test match with the amount of support that's going to be there for the Wallabies. It's going to be absolutely incredible. So the fans yeah, are prepared this yeah. time. Exactly right. Yeah, they are. Maybe the dollar's a bit different this time. It was three to one, I think, the pound. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a bit more expensive for the fans this time. If only the fans could have the, you know, the camp at Calandra as well. You know, if we could just get ourselves ready on the Sunshine Coast, it'd be very nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, we're going to talk more about the Reds. As I said, we have Joe Roth. We have John Eels ahead in the show. Just quickly, though, Timmy, the, uh, the Brumbies, that 39 uh, to 17 win over the Rebels, they are there. They are in, in the finals, which is a sensational effort. We've spoken many times about... The, the horror of their end of season last time, but they've booked a spot, which is brilliant news. Yeah, great news. Uh, really, real shame for Nick White, though, out for four weeks, yeah. but look of it with a, uh, a, um, a shoulder injury. So that's a real shame. He would have been potentially, you would have thought, one of the six players selected by Robbie Dean. So that's a shame. But for the Brumbies, yeah, they march on and, and they'll certainly get a, hopefully, get closer to a home final uh, if they finish one or two. You listen to, the, to Triple M and The Ruck, all thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions official supporter gear. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. We're talking about the fans and they're out in force uh, to see the Lions play the Reds last night. Just notice there in the, in the newspaper today a bit of some information about this tour. Uh, in 2001, the British pound to the Australian dollar was 2.67. Uh, now it's 1.63, so they're having to spend a bit more as they arrive here. <laughs> uh, the economic benefit was $100 million to Australia in 2001, predicted to be $150 million. The number of British and Irish fans in 2001, 20,000. Uh, they're expecting twenty-five to 30,000 this time around. So it's huge. Massive. It's huge business. And it was great to see that, that crowd last night. And as Timmy says, uh, the Australian fans getting behind it and, uh, you know, in full voice is exactly what we need. Speaking of in full voice, a man who was there in 2001, integral part of the Wallabies for so long, he captained them, Mr John Eels, joins us next on The Ruck on Triple M. 
This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. This is The Rock, your Sunday morning rugby show on Triple M. Uh, all done for Rebel, home of British and Irish Alliance official supporter gear and one of the greats of Australian rugby joins us right now. Terrific to welcome to the show once more. John Eels, good morning. Morning, guys. Hey, mate, before we get to any footy, can I just talk uh, about, I know you're a, a very special human and you have invented something. You've got an app, I understand, for the uh, the city. So for anybody, it's called SongFit. So if you're, you know, you're training, you can uh, what uh, program music to fit your workout. What's the story? Uh, thanks for that, uh, that, that plug. Yeah, no, I took an idea to Sony... Um because, uh, I, like, I still enjoy training, but uh, you find that you have the same playlist all the time. So I took an idea to take current, up-to-date, uh, old and new songs, actually, and, and put training programs, get a trainer's voice in the background yeah. and um, make that available on an app. And we've partnered with Westpac to, to make it available to, to City to Surf users, um, where we've got a virtual run, but also training packages that lead up to the race. So, so it, the virtual run actually takes you through... Uh, the course with yeah. um, in, in the back of your you know, with the trainer's voice saying okay now you're about to run up Highgate Hill and I the Tiger will come on or something like that so. <laughs> <laughs> does that mean Eelsie it's Tim here mate does that mean a virtual run you can be lying in your bed with your Ugg boots on and it just and you can actually be training whilst you're lying in bed in the virtual run well, Tim, as, as you remember, mental preparation is just as important as physical preparation. So yes. that's the way you choose to do it. You might struggle on the day itself, but, uh, but you might be a little bit better on the day itself. But I do suggest that you do incorporate some running in your... And I, know, I know you love the, the distance running yourself, Timmy. This is a, can I just say that this, Tim is the guy that when we first went to South Africa yeah. in 1992... We were doing coaching clinics for the kids in the township. Mm. So th- these kids in the township had had very little exposure to top-level rugby people and, and we had this chance to, to train with the Wallabies. Tim <laughs> took his kids on a road run. <laughs> a road run. It's a very key part, fitness. <laughs> It was only it was only eight k though. The direction. That's <laughs> Just a quick one, mate. Before we go on the rugby, who's going to carry you like we did when you were playing? Tim or me? Tim, you're doing it for Westpac, I'm sure, won't he? <laughs> yeah. Hey, now Ilsie, last night the British and Irish Lions. What, what did you make of the the performance against the Reds last night? Oh, look. Firstly, I thought it was a, a fantastic game to watch. Obviously, my heart was was going for the Reds, but I just thought it was a very upbeat, up tempo game, and um, I thought the Reds really performed very well. Like missing some really key players that would have would have added a lot to that team. They really took it to the Lions, but the Lions responded too, and you couldn't, you know, that they, they were throwing Quaid and, and his team through everything at them, running the ball, the forwards were good, although, you know, we lost the scrum and line-out battles, but I think in general, play around the field, they were strong, um, and the Lions responded. I think the, the big thing that they have to be concerned about is if a team throws that at them and, and they can get parity in the scrum and the line-out, then it, it would be a different a different uh, challenge for the Lions. Can we get parity and and the scrum and lineup, mate, in a couple of weeks' time? I think we can. Uh, you know, our, our scrum has been shown over the last few years. Like two, three years ago, I would have said no chance. But but now we've shown that you know our scrum gets parity with the All Black scrum these days in South Africa, and our lineout can be 
uh, yeah, equally as good. So I, I think we can. You know, we may not dominate those facets, but, but I think parity is, uh, is something we can get. 2001, uh, when you played against the Lions, your memories from that, which was a sensational uh, time and, and a great tour from them, what, what, were your, what are your key memories? Well, it was a, um, it was a very you know, mixed-up series in some respects. I know that we, we went in underdone. Like we had a warm-up game three weeks before, but then guys went back and played for their provinces. So it wasn't really an effective warm-up game. Um, and, but we still went in you know, quite, thinking we were quite well-planned and uh, we were prepared. But we actually thought that they would be quite conservative in how they played the game. They came out straight away and, uh, and really attacked and and that took us by surprise a bit, I think. And and also the as a lot of people have said, that sea of red took everyone by surprise. But um then we turned it around in the second game. I think we really needed the captain to give us some direction that day. He just got lost, I think. Yeah, there was just no leadership, was there? There's no leadership at all. Since the first game. Hey Eelsie, um I must ask you, if you were a selector, and I know you sit on as a director of the Australian Rugby Union, uh, but if you were a selector, would you be selecting Quade Cooper in the next six players that Robbie Deans and the selectors have to look for? Uh, I definitely would. I would have picked him in the first 25. Um, I, I just think he's, you know, he's a, a genuine option that, that you need in that in that group. Um, I, I really like what he brings to a team. P- people, I think, quickly look at the downside, but uh, I think that, uh, you know, that, that that tends to be that, that can be managed. He's got so many good qualities, and and as an option in that team, you have to. Oh, I would definitely have him in the team. What about uh, casting your eye to the opposition, uh, Eelsy, and? and- Perhaps not the the named players as were out here in two thousand and one. Who do you who would you say is the most threatening amongst this line squad at the moment? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's hard to say. Look, they really do. Depending on who they go for, they do have threats right across. I think a lot of people talk about the size of their backline, and, and I think you probably we, we don't have that in the Australian backline at the moment. Or we're starting to maybe get guys like Israel. You know, a, a bit bigger again but we had that through that period when we all played in the Wallabies we, we had consistently had some big strong backs you know, outside of you two except of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. you got in there too got, quick I yep, say, we're talking to Joe Roth soon so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, yeah, you look at the size of Joe Roth Sterling Mordlock Daniel Herbert yeah, you, there was always that physical threat in the back line as well as the, the skill threat that that you two brought to the equation. <laughs> um, uh, you're such a good diplomat. <laughs> but, um, and look, and that's the one thing that grabs you when you look at the lines. Like George North last night, he, he was very good. Then you have had um, the Cuthbert and the other yeah, wing last night. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they're big guys that, that's just, and they're fast, they're strong, and they're skillful. And I think if you put in Jamie Roberts and Tui Lange in the centres, like, it, that's going to be a real threat to us. All right, John Ells, always great to speak with you. Hey, you've never run the City to Surf before, have you? No, I have started it, but I never finished <laughs> it. I actually, I actually started the gun one year. All right. <laughs> but All right. but I am going uh, to do it this year, but um, there may be a bit of a twist to that, but <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely do it. Okay. All right, well, look, all the best with that, and, uh, and thanks so much for being part of the show. Always great to speak with you.
Thanks, guys. There he is, former Wallaby captain John Eels. With us here on the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show, Paul Gallen and Nate Miles in State of Origin. Just going to beef. How bad was that? How good was that? Who are the equivalents? Who are the annoying player and the bloke you would uh, designated hitter? We'll find out next on the Ruck. This is the Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. This is the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. And now we are going to get to the, the State of Origin moment uh, a little bit later on. Uh, now, Berkey, the biting incident... Just talk me through that there. And no case to answer, I understand, with biting. It's know. always good to bite someone at the very bottom of a ruck that yes. they can't see any, uh, mm. anything. But mm-hmm. um, mm. you can tell straight away that, that obviously something happened. Yes. Um, well, like, ouch, for example. Or, yeah, ouch, that, ouch hurts uh, um, um, is a, uh, an indication. Uh, the great one is when if you do get bitten and you look up and it's a prop, you think, well, should I have a go or not have a go? Yeah. No, I, don't, I, just, I just push him. <laughs> yeah. um, but the, the, the signing officer or the, the QC who did the sort of the... Uh, the, the chat investigation, blah, 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 said he may have come into contact with his teeth, teeth. Mm. as in may have just pushed into it and yeah. just been unforeseeable or, pressure. Or, or just romantically. It was key and Healy, and I think, um, you know, being, I think he's from Wales, I think. I just can't remember. He's only got about two teeth. So, Ireland. Um, oh, really? like, <laughs> Ireland, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> two teeth, yeah. So, so, so Brett, technically Brett he couldn't be charged with biting because there's not enough teeth. We do, I love That's we, right. We, yes. do, we do like our Welsh supporters, don't we, Tim? Yeah. Oh, we love our Welsh supporters and our Irish supporters as well. There's plenty of them over here at the moment. <laughs> Welcome to Australia. You are courting with danger, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> biting, is it something, Tim, that you've got any experience with on the football field? No, no definitely not on the football f- field, and there's no place for it. So, um, But obviously there's no case to answer for for um, Kean Healy on Brett Sheehan. But I remember when I, actually when I was a younger fella, and you know you, you muck around um, with your brother in the backyard and you're playing on the backyard cricket or mm-hmm. backyard touch footy and it turns into tackle and then it turns into sort of all in brawl. Yep. Um, I remember he, he pushed me over and I got in a lot of trouble from my parents. So what I did, I walked upstairs and I, I bit myself on the arm and then went up to mum and dad and said, look what, my, look what my brother Matt did. Look what he did. Look what he did. So he got... How many he weeks did he get? Ro- yeah, he got, sent, he got sent to his room for about two hours. So that was it. He didn't, wasn't allowed dinner. <laughs> got him in a lot of trouble. Brilliant. We are going to talk to Joe Roth, who, as I said uh, at the start of the show, was voted the hero of that 2001 tour, according to a very recent uh, online poll. We'll get to him next on The Rock. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. On The Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show, and we're doing it all for Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions official support gear. Joe Roth will join us shortly. He's just organising. Uh, he's got a, a, a kid's birthday party yeah, today. I believe he loves dressing up in the clown suit as really? well. Really? So that's what we'll be talking about, <laughs> out of the clown suit. <laughs> yep. so that, uh, because we are, obviously we are going for two hours this morning, another one of these specials for the Lions. We'll go, we will catch up with him. Uh, before we do that, speaking of the Lions, we've talked for months, it seems, about the thrill for any player to run on against this touring side and mm. turn up every 12 years in Australia. Uh, so even if you're not wearing a Wallabies jersey, to get the opportunity to play against the Lions in front of those huge crowds and uh, those supporters, I would have thought it was key. So I don't know, what did you t- take out of the Western Force, the midweek game? It's the first time the Lions, the first game on Australian soil, and we've run out. they've run out their under-14 team. They, Why would they do that? They put a, a, an understrength team on, didn't they? I mean, that, and the Western Force play the, the Waratahs this afternoon, and uh, and that's what they saved themselves for. They saved themselves for the, the 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 match between the two provinces, which I find absolutely bizarre. I'm not Doctor Maths, but I've looked at the where they are on the table, Correct. and they're no chance of getting anywhere. Even they beat the Waratahs, they no. can't get into the finals. Well, I think I think perhaps the way they looked at it was that you know you're playing. Provincial players are playing test players and, and they're going to get smashed anyhow or they're going to get beaten 
uh, Western Force aren't running the best anyhow, so they've saved themselves for today. Clive Woodward, as in Sir Clive Woodward, came out and absolutely smashed the the, the Western Force, Michael Foley, uh, even, even the way the programming was at the same time. So uh, I, I think it was a poor decision from them to, to do it that way, and, and, and Michael Foley would know um, because he played in 2001. He knew what it was like, the excitement around. Yeah. So I think it was just a, a, an error of judgment. Yeah, I think, Berkey, when you look at it, though, when you've got someone like Kyle Goblin, who's a, a young player who would have loved to have played against yeah. the British and Irish Lions, and these players are never going to get the opportunity again. And I agree with you. What's Sir Clive Woodward, who's the ex-England coach and ex-British and Irish Lions coach, what he said in his article um, during the week I thought was spot on. And he said if the Australian teams disrespect the Lions and put sides out like that, what will happen is there's countries like Argentina and Japan who would do anything to get the British and Irish Lions to tour their country. So instead of being every 12 years touring to Australia, because they go every four years they tour, they go New Zealand, South Africa, then Australia, and then rotate, we mightn't see them for 16 or 20 or 24 years if if that's the case when they go to other countries. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And what about, uh, Timmy, for those those players, as Berkey mentioned, those guys who would have thought, oh, here, I'm going to get a a chance to play against these blokes. For them, I mean, you obviously have no say. You can't say, "I, I demand to play but that is a kick in the guts isn't it yeah it is and I mean I can understand obviously with Robbie Deans and we've spoken about this before on the show with um, putting the Wallaby players now in Cotton Wool for three weeks I think it's a good idea because we don't have the depth of other countries but I just cannot for the life of me understand why Michael Foley second last in the competition uh, the Western Force would want to save his players for a game against the Waratahs today when the biggest game of the year for the um, the Western Force is playing against the British and Irish Lions. I know there's another competition, but when I could understand if the Western Force were sixth, seventh, or eighth, and were ju- were a real big yeah. show to get into the top six, but they're mate, they're second last, and they've they've got one hand on the wooden spoon. Timmy, you mentioned that uh, name, Kyle Godwin. I mean, imagine him growing up watching Brian O'Driscoll, and then and then saying, "I'm running yeah. out. I'm playing him like Mum, Dad. Oh. Watch this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pit yep. myself against one of the best." And unfortunately, he was he, he was. He was so disappointed. I saw him outside the ground. We were walking into uh, Subiaco Oval in Perth, and I hadn't met him before. So I um, went over and had a chat to him. Quite a tall um, player, a, a good young kid from South Africa who's um, lived in Perth and now went to school there. But I asked him, so, mate, what do, you, what do you think? He said, oh, you know, privately, I'm, I'm really, really disappointed because, as you said, he said, Brian O'Driscoll is my hero. Yeah. So I th- didn't get a chance. That, that private conversation just been aired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Just the network>. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this show is all about. Uh, in the next hour, we have confirmation. Joe Roth, he's just uh, doing, putting some party bags together now for the kids' party he's having at, uh, at his home. But he will join us uh, in the next hour right here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Yeah. The Wallabies are fired up. The British and Irish Lions are ready. It's now time to form The Ruck. The special British and Irish Lions tour edition. The Ruck. Yes, hello and welcome to our two of the ruck. It is indeed your Sunday morning rugby show special edition. Lots to talk about. And speaking of Lions, uh, Tim Horan, Matt Burke, who have both, of course, played against the British and Irish Lions. Another man who has uh, voted quite recently in an online poll. It might be rugby.com.au. As the hero of the 2001 uh, Lions Tour to Australia is Joe Roth. And he joins us right here, right now. G'day, Joe. Morning, guys. How are you? Very well, thank you. How's the preparations for the uh, the party going? The is it, is it your child's party? 
It's my son's party, uh, Xavier. He's six years old. Okay. I've got a group of about 12 other six-year-olds coming, and I'm more nervous than I was before the final Lions test in 2001. <laughs> what, what have you got planned? Do you have a clown? Is there, you know, pony rides? What's happening? No, no. We're, we're, we're very simple people down here in Canberra. Just, mm. uh, you know, none, none of the, uh, the bells and whistles. Just good, good games of uh, musical statues and plenty of fairy bread, and then send them back to their parents. <laughs> Worst case. <laughs> With the sugar hit. <laughs> Worst case. Uh, scenario, you just play a bit of uh, tackle bull rush, wouldn't you? They'd love that for an hour and a half. Mate, they would. But, Berkey, I don't want to get schooled by a whole lot of six-year-olds. You know, defence was never my go at the best of times. Uh, it was all scoring tries, exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> hey, Rafi, uh, just a quick one, mate. Uh, the, the show rolls uh, into, into town, obviously, uh, Queensland last night. What do you make of, of all the, the hoopla, you could call it, compared to, say, 12 years ago? Yeah, it's uh, it's just getting bigger in in my view. You know, it's it's really a plague of twenty five thousand red jerseys just descending on Australia. I don't think the Pharaoh had it this bad when Moses sent sent locusts through it. It, uh, it just it looked like it had a great buzz there at uh, at Suncorp. Um, and I was uh, I've been doing a few bits and pieces in preparation. The anticipation and excitement coming out of uh, of Britain and, and Ireland for this uh, this series is is enormous. I, I still don't think people remember how big it. And, yeah. and how much atmosphere is around, you know, as as the Australian public. Hey, Rafi, Tim here, mate. Uh, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on on the line. Now, what 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 are your memories from that two thousand and one series, three test matches? You played in all the test matches, and in that second test match, when Johnny Wilkinson passed you that ball and you called for it and he hit you right in your stomach, intercept try. <laughs> it obviously changed the whole complexion, not only of that test match but the whole series. What what's your memories of that series? It's funny the things you remember. There's a couple of things. One was that, yeah, Johnny came around the back of the scrum and, and I managed to grab an intercept. Now, I remember afterwards John Muggleton reprimanding me for coming out of the defensive line. <laughs> I thought that felt a bit harsh, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, great defensive coach, not an attacking coach at all. <laughs> hey, but, Joe, before you keep going, I think we should just remind those who uh, weren't there or just thinking about it, this was Gordon Bray's call of that moment. Is Wilkinson. Intercepted. Joe Roth. Can he get there? I think he might have dropped it. <laughs> well, he's caught it. The try has been awarded, I think. Clever work by Joe Roth. I'll just check that out for you, As he made the break and got to the line, he used his I'll left hand to put the ball under him. Here it is. Let's watch closely. It's no a try. Doubt. 23rd international try. The scores are level, and it was a, an opportunist intercept from Joe Roth against the run of play. There you go. They're one of the great moments in Test Rugby, and can he do it? Probably not. There's, I think he's knocked it off. <laughs> I think he might have dropped it. That's why Gordon Bray went in commentating exile for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> But obviously that, as I said, voted uh, with rugby.com.au just to, last month, I think it was, as the biggest hero of that tour. That moment and others, it must have been a special time for you. Oh, it was special, and it was uh, it was a great, it was an incredible series. So th- those those were opportunities that just came out of what was a an enormously quick and and you know um, inc- incredible sort of pace of the game. There are always going to be opportunities, but but there weren't. Um, you know, it was a matter of building pressure, and 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 that's I think when uh, as a team we started to really exert some pressure, and, and we saw some cracks in the in the line side. But um, but it still went on to be one of the great series I think that Australia's seen. What about our current uh, mob uh, Roffy 
who's going to be the, the, the X factor, so to speak? Who's going to be willing to control the game for uh, for the current boys? Oh, it's a really good question. I still I still think that the 9-10 is the most important area. Uh, I think it's both um, the best area for us and the p- potential area of, of attack against the Lions. So, but, but, you know, if you ask me who it's going to be, uh, obviously Will at 9, and, and I just still don't know who's going to be at 10, but I think that's where the X Factor uh, is going to come from. And, and hey, Rafi, I, I just want to... Yeah. I just sorry, man. I just want to ask quickly outside of that, and and just getting off the British and Irish lines for a second. You, you a lot of people don't know, but you spent some time in the UK in England. Um, yep. Did you studied at Oxford? Um, I'm not sure where you're a groundsman, and you did a little little bit of study as well. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that like? Uh, apart from all the other things that you've done, World Cups and Bledisloe Cups, what was it like playing in that Oxford Cambridge match? Oh, that was um, just unique in, in terms of rugby. The, the history and the tradition that goes around the game is just like no other game. It's, it's probably, probably the last of the amateur games that will hold its relevance and increase in terms of its importance. So to play two years there and study at, uh, at Oxford was, uh, was very special. And you get a, a very good feel for, uh, for uh, and you guys both know more than I do about uh, uh, premiership and, and English rugby, uh, about how they approach the game you know, mentally in terms of their preparation. And uh, I think uh, it's a very different style to, to the way that we do it in Australia. But uh, uh, So I, I really enjoyed being uh, immersed in that for a couple of years over there. Did you, you, did you get the, your degree or your master's at the end or, did the, or you just get it handed to you like Tim's going to get his? <laughs> I, I did have to open a, a, a book along the way. I couldn't just hand over a signed jersey and then get a piece of paper. <laughs> uh, and he's embraced the University of Life. I think CEO, aren't you, at the University of Canberra Union? Is that that's still the gig? Yeah, that's right. So um, there's a lot, a lot of exciting things happening at the University of Canberra. We're actually we've just started construction on a 15 million dollar facility to bring the Brumbies into the onto the campus. Uh, that'll be happening uh, over the next 12 months, and uh, there's a lot of other really uh, interesting stuff happening there. So the University of Canberra is uh, a great place to be at the moment. I'm enjoying it. All right. Well, look, all the best and all the best. Uh, happy birthday for Xavier. I hope you enjoy the party and uh, and send the kids home with that sugar hit so that their parents will love you. Joe Roth, <laughs> thanks for being part of the show. There, mate. Thanks, guys. There he is, Joe Roth, the hero, according to that poll of the 2001 British and Irish Lions Tour. On the Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. I'm going fishing with JC from Powderfinger oh, um, later this year, not, too. are you really? I am, yes. Going up to the Northern Territory for uh, a bit of a charity for Young Care. So with JC from wow. Powderfinger, who was on the base. Well, yeah. formerly of Powderfinger, obviously. They're no longer formerly. together. Uh, no well, I don't know. Space. They might be coming back at some stage, he says. What? No, I just threw that out there. <laughs> you heard it here. You, listen to you. <laughs> you heard it here. You have broken so many confidences on this radio today. You, you, you've got a little a, a young kid playing for the Western Force, yeah, and he told you something source. secretly. Somebody, he, he sees Tim Horan, one of his heroes, and he whispers something into his ear, and suddenly it's on the radio. No. And now JC from Powderfinger has just announced through the uh, the form of Tim Horan on the rock that yes. Powderfinger are reforming. <laughs> like that's just that's not small news. That's major news. Yes, so we're, yes. we're, 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 what are the four? Is it for the playing, grand final? Playing or? Horan's backyard. That's what, <laughs> yeah, my, my backyard for my 50th, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah it's, a, it's a benefit for you. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll keep that. Uh, we'll, we'll keep investigating that. There's some, uh, just some sports. So, sorry, some uh, updates. Brumby, Brumby's 19, the Rebels 17. The Lions 22 over the Reds 12 last night. 
in uh, other international rugby. New Zealand 23 beat France 13. England 32 over Argentina 3. South Africa 44 and Italy 10. All right, now there's been a lot of talk and uh, I'm sure the talk is very different in your neck of the woods, Timmy, than it is in, in New South Wales about the state of origin and about that stink well, it's sort of a one-sided stink, wasn't it? Paul Gallen putting a couple on the uh, largest head of eight miles. Now, he claimed, and a lot of people from New South Wales, including the coach, saying, oh, it was all justified. It was a bit of a payback for the way that Nate Miles plays the game, knee-twisting, leading with the head, a variety of things. Uh, it probably wasn't a great look for those who, you know, thinking about their kids running around playing footy, seeing a bloke standing up and, and punching another bloke for no apparent reason. But it just made me think about the, the days that you guys played. Were there members of opposition teams who were just so annoying that you thought, oh, we've got to get square at some point? And was there a person on your team who was that go-to designated hitter, so to speak? Uh, Matt? Well... I'm just sort of racking my brains as to uh, who the hard men were, and Owen Finnegan comes to mind for our yes. for our team. Yeah. And I think be, more more for the fact that you, know, you used to say, "Mate, stop that ball, get on the other side of the ruck." I don't think he had any nerve endings in his body. So he actually didn't feel anything. So right. that was probably a, a good start for him because mm-hmm. he was a, just a massive lump of a bloke. Dan Crowley was obviously someone else who, if you needed to uh, get a shot on someone, we like the Crowley's, undercover policeman. Undercover policeman. Yeah. He, he, called, he called on his contacts and said, "Hey, boys, let's sort this out." Um, <laughs> We're talking he, on the field. On the, now, sorry, sorry, on the field. <laughs> um, and he was the, he was the guy that uh, you just said, "Mate, like, you know, can you sort something out for us there, please? Is that okay?" Yeah. Um, what about your good self, Berkey? My um, good self, uh, once in in a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I threw a uh, a left, um, what do you call it? Just a straight left. Really? Uh, this it was before the '95 World Cup, Tim. And if you remember, yes, we had to go back and play club footy beforehand. And this bloke just chased me around the field. Number six, City University. I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. And he chased me around the field every chance he got. He you know, stood on my toes, hit me in the head, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He came stood up on your toes. Yeah, yeah. just terrible. just the nil stuff. You know, the nil That's stuff terrible. Too. You yeah, must have yeah. reacted to that. Yeah, did he oh. give you a paper cutter or anything? <laughs> yeah. Chinese oh, Hang on, <laughs> hang on. Then he kicked me in the ribs and he eye gouged me at the same time. Oh, there you go. That's He stood up from a ruck. I thought, here's my chance, and I went. Like through the left, the left jab, and went. This is going to be great. I'm going to flash him here. I landed about half an inch short, and he closed his eyes and he sort of braced for it. And I went, "That's right. Next time, it's going to get you." <laughs> so the force of the wind off the blow didn't the knock wind, him over. Absolutely, no. oh, it was terrible. <laughs> Jimmy, you, you think, oh please. No, there's, been, there's been some good stouches, haven't there, over the years? I remember the, the one that comes to mind: Michael Bryle versus Frank Bunce. I think it was 1996 at the old at Lang Park at the stage, it was, yeah. and it was a, a wonderful match. And Berkey. I think you scored a, a bit of a try. You ran about 10 metres. But um, Michael Bryle got Frank Bunce and just let fly with about 15 punches. I don't think... I think about one landed, and Frank Bunce just got up and laughed at him and smiled at him. I mean, Todd Oikefu also was someone who would always upset the opposition players. And But sometimes, Berkey, you'd agree that you have a player on your own side that you'd probably want to, you know, give a little short right to, you know, someone like Campo when he threw, you know, different <laughs> passes or, or dropped the ball occasionally. But, uh, no, I don't think, on a serious note, Tony, that what happened in the state of origin, it, I don't think it's called for. People say, yes, it's origin and, that, and it should be like that, but yeah, I, don't, I disagree. I think, uh, you know, kids who are 14, 15, 16, watching it with their dads saying, oh, okay, well, you're allowed to get away with that. So, yes, I know it's origin, but uh, I think Paul Gallon, he'd probably agree, he probably should have got 10 minutes and that should have been it. 
Yeah, that's right. Well, he he thought it was wrong that he got suspended for a game at all. I think the ten minutes probably would have been the the, the way to go. Uh, but you, you're right. I mean, the the problem is that while people say it's it's a different origin, it's a different game, and there are different rules, that may well be. And you know, and if you play origin, you expect to confront that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, kids who are playing footy and, and parents of kids who are going to go and play footy, they don't expect that. And no, you, you just no don't but want origin origin is the biggest. Yeah, Origin is the biggest uh, TV audience that yes. sport gets. So you know, it's 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 on platform there. So the, the thing about the thing about what got me, or, or not not so much shocked me, was that how many all in fights do you see? Does everyone? Does anyone ever get a shot on? They're, they're always air swings. That's you talk about thing. Michael Brawl. Michael Brawl hit the football. 15 times. That's why Frank Bunce walked away. He destroyed the football. The Gilbert walked away and went, ouch. Yeah, this is the first time that he's just gone like, tin, tin, and got two clean shots. Normally, normally they just don't get it. I think that's, yeah, that's what true. the... Not the blow up. That's what the uh, the whole thing was about. I reckon as well. Yeah, no, that's very true. Often, and there was one in the in the, in the NRL in Parramatta the other night, and it was a lot of people swinging. And it's like the eyes roll back, and yeah, you, just, you just don't see anything. There's a red mist, but nobody's hitting anything. It's just <laughs> well, well, most of them are like swing. you, air swing. <laughs> <laughs> this is a ruck. It's your Sunday rugby show. We're doing it for Rebel, uh, of course, home of the British and Irish Lions official supporter gear. This is the ruck, the Sunday rugby show your uh, rugby show on a Sunday morning on Triple M. Just get you some scores from other sports around the world in cricket. Australia's lost its opening match of the Champions Trophy. Coming down to England. Double. 48 runs they were beaten by at Edgebaston. George Bailey, who stood in for Michael Clark and captain, he got 55. Uh, Faulkner, 54 not out. Well done. Ian Bell, though, was man of the match for England, scoring 91. Uh, Australia will play New Zealand next on Wednesday in Birmingham. Uh, they need to win that with any hope, really, to get through to the semi-finals. Not a great start for Australia after being thrashed in a warm-up match. Uh, they got 65, I think, against India. Yeah, Terrible. Not many. Terrible. All right, and the tennis. Uh, I don't know if either of you boys saw Serena Williams overnight. She won the women's title at the French Open at... Gee, Do- she's looking fit, isn't she, oh, Serena? Yeah, yeah. The dozy red clay of Roland Garros. She beat uh, <laughs> Maria Sharapova 6-4, 6-4. You, you liked, you enjoyed the work of Maria Sharapova, the ah. Turkey? Ah. Oh, how annoying. Yeah. You find annoying? Oh, it depends where you are, though. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's all context. In the men's final tonight, Rafael Nadal plays uh, David Ferrer. Uh, they're good mates. He's very good on clay, Ferrer, but, gee, it's hard to see Rafa getting beaten, isn't it? And uh, Nadal leads him 19-4 head-to-head, and, and, of course, Ferrer has never won a, a Grand Slam title. In the NRL, the Dragons, 14, beat the Knights, 8. Josh Dugan scoring a couple of tries in the second half, sets himself up perhaps for a state of origin recall after Jared Haynes' injury. Mm. The Bulldogs, 36, over the Cowboys, 26. In the AFL, Gold Coast beat North Melbourne. Gold Coast, I think they won five of the last eight. Uh, they won by 15 points. North Melbourne keep getting leads and just getting run down. Three got a game. That'd be fantastic for them. Yeah, maybe that's what they should introduce. Just short ones. Yes, yeah, like the 2020 version. They could do that. <laughs> Sydney thrashed Adelaide. If you're looking for a statement from a premiership side, that was it. They absolutely hammered them by 77 points in Adelaide uh, yesterday in, in the Twilight game. And Geelong beat the Giants. The Giants were there or thereabouts for a long part of that game, as they, they tend to be. But uh, the last quarter blowout there, 59 points for Geelong. Uh, we are going to speak with Tim Davidson. And uh, we all also have the Rucks Ultimate Wallabies. We're up to the second row. These boys will select who those players are. All ahead on the Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. 
Killers, when were you when were you were young on the Ruck Your Sunday Rugby Show? Well, the British and Irish Lions tour rolls on, and they roll into Newcastle next Tuesday to play against the New South Wales and Queensland countrysides. And one man who will be standing opposite them is Tim Davidson uh, of the Rebels, and of course of Sydney University. He joins us now. Good day, Tim. Morning, fellas. Thanks for having me. Ah, pleasure. Have you gone into country camp yet? Is there anything? What, what what's the lead up like? No, uh, we have actually. Um, the boys assembled on Thursday, so. Um, I guess, you know, it's first and foremost just getting to know each other's been pretty crucial and then um, putting some ideas together on how we want to approach them uh, on the field and, and some tough tough sessions, which, is, uh, which has been great. We spoke earlier in the show about Western Force and some of those guys who would have thought they were going to have the opportunity to play against the Lions and, and then didn't. It must be an exciting time for you to get that chance. We all talk about once every 12 years and, and so on, but you, you do get to run out against a very, very famous jersey. Oh, we're very, I mean, we're extremely fortunate and we've already spoken about that. Um, and I think, as you said, it's a once-in-a-career opportunity, really. Um, it was definitely one of the the reasons as to why I wanted to play on again this year because I knew they were touring. And um, I guess the fortunate thing for us as well is we get to represent uh, where we're from, which is um, you know, where we grew up in the country and, and something that's been a huge part of our lives. So uh, I know we'll be carrying that with us um, on Tuesday night. Tim, we've got the country, or the the squad in front of us here at the moment. Uh, Foto Alua, Sam Carter, Ben Daly, Nick Henderson, Josh Manray, Carter, uh, Angus Roberts, for example. So it's, it's a team stacked with with some pretty notable super rugby players as well. Oh, exactly. Um, you know, I think uh, there's some, some handy players there. Uh, I think a few of them uh, a few of those boys didn't get released because I think they're they're being held by their clubs and things. But I mean, um, the guys we've got here um, are really keen, and uh, you know they've just been excited with the opportunity that they've been handed. And yeah, you know, I think our biggest thing is uh, getting on the same page. And, and um, fortunately, we've had a little bit of time to do that, and uh, it's just about fine tuning and um, getting getting uh, the the build up and the attitude right for Tuesday. For Tuesday. Hey, Tim, Tim Horan here. What's your view on the selection of the um, combined New South Wales-Queensland country team? Do you think there should have been a couple of players who are currently actually playing, not in Super Rugby, but currently playing with, you know, club size like Narrabri or Gunnedah or even out at, you know, Roma or Gundawindi? Like, I know that we need to put a side on the park that's going to be competitive against the British and Irish Lions, but do you think there should have been a couple of players who are currently playing in country areas, not in Super Rugby? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a, it's obviously a fairly difficult um, situation that they're in. Um, and I know they've they've debated that long and hard, um, but I, I definitely agree with you, Tim. I think you know if uh, the side should be represented by by guys in the country um, who are currently playing, and there's a couple here who are in the extended squad who um, have been training with us um, while guys uh, have been away with their super teams and I know I mean for instance there's going to be a change already for, for poor old Bo Robinson who won't won't be playing with us so I, I think I know they're looking at, at a country bloke um, from Warren uh, at the moment so he, he's a, a strong possibility for, for joining us so um, and, and I mean they just add to the strength and the fabric of, of the jersey so I think um, it's, it's extremely important and, and Tim when you talk about that country experience for you was it now young was it the Yabbies? Yeah, that's right. Um, my parents are still on, <laughs> on the land down there. So um, when I uh, finished year 12, I had a year off and had a full season with the Yabbies. So uh, I, when I was 18, and um, I mean, it was, a, it was the best time of my life. Uh, 
playing with with uh, all the locals in the community, and you get a sense of why they actually play the game. And um, I've never forgotten that year. And um, whenever I get home, I, I get urged to to come in and have a run. So that's <laughs> the way it should be. Yeah, I, mean, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Some of my best memories are standing in a you know river flat with a yabby pump. I have to <laughs> <laughs> just before fishing. <laughs> uh, no worries. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Sorry, right, mate. Oh, go. I was just going to say, just a quick one, uh, mate. Uh, the Lions obviously have the Youngs brothers there. I'm looking in this squad here. Tom Cox, Sam Cox, and Sean Cox. Are you just trying to trump everyone there? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. I think uh, you'll have to speak to the guys who selected the team, but possibly, uh, I mean, getting those boys out there together would be a fantastic achievement. But uh, I know that I saw the boys, the young brothers play last night, so I'm not sure they'll be up against us. They... Uh, they looked a bit tired when they were leaving the field, but um, yeah, no, it's an exciting time, as I said, and uh, the boys are just looking forward to ripping in. Yeah, well, enjoy it, and well done, mate, and thanks so much for being part of the show today. No, pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers. There he is, Tim Davidson. Stuff, Tony, Tony, I was going to say as well that uh, there's still a couple of tickets left for the game in Newcastle on Tuesday night. Um, it's probably one of the only games that's not sold out, so uh, Newcastle rugby supporters, get out there. It's a, a great occasion and uh, a chance to see the Lions for the first time. Yeah, and a good venue too. If it's a, you, you get very up close and personal to the Lions, and of course that New South Wales and Queensland countryside, we, we thank Tim David. So this is The Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show on Triple H. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. We've been selecting the Rucks' ultimate Wallabies. Last week it was the front row. Uh, the three gentlemen who were selected have been celebrating long and hard all week. Although there was some talk about them being selected by a, uh, a centre and a fullback uh, and some concern there. Well, that centre and that fullback uh, have turned their attention to the second row of the Wallabies and those names will be discussed and uh, decided on next on the Ruck. This is the Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. And this is The Ruck. It's your Sunday morning rugby show. All thanks to uh, Rebel Home of British and Irish Lions official support and gear. All right, we are rushing towards the end of the show. Uh, but before we do that, last week we selected uh, the Ruck's Ultimate Wallabies uh, front row. Uh, this week we will be going into the second row. The Wallabies. The Ruck's Australia. Ultimate Wallabies. Yes, indeed. There's a lot. There was a lot of discussion about last week's uh, front row. All the men are very, very happy to be there. Okay, let's go back to the second row. Once we get all these men picked, yeah. I mean, obviously they're probably not going to play. We're, we're going on no, tour. No, we'll wheel them out somewhere. Yeah, Don't we're going you think? on tour. Yeah, we, we're there's got to. We've got to be like first. We go in a camp. Do we go to the Coffs Harbour uh, camp? Is that that's still going? Is that the big banana in Queensland? Is that the one, Timmy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. What we're going to do? We're going to we're going to go into camp in yeah. Bali for a oh, week, no, and then we're, and then we're t- and then we're touring Hong Kong for mm. a week. Right. Yeah. So uh, and playing. Is this stuff? Coaches and you're the manager too. I, I, I know. I know exactly where I stand. <laughs> I'm very interested, though, given that you are sole selectors. Does this the camp element, uh, so to speak? Does that play a part in who you are choosing? Who is good uh, and fun person to be around? Or is oh, it just certainly. pure? Yes, certainly. All That's right. why there's a bit of confusion about the selection for the second row, um, um, because you got guys like Nathan Sharp uh, as yep. a, a wonderful second row. I played over a hundred Test matches for Australia. I've also gone with Steve Cutler oh, um, yeah. back in the in the 80s. Um, Steve Cutler, a wonderful line-out jumper. Alan Jones was the coach and brought Steve Cutler in at the time. Also, Garrick Morgan, a wonderful second row for the Wallabies for many years, and uh, went to rugby league for a year or two yeah. at the Queensland Crushers. Crushers, that? that's right. The I crushers. saw his first uh, game. Yep. 
Yes, and uh, in reserve grade. And then he um, then he went over to France and played a little bit as well. So I've left it pretty open there. Um, but, you know, when you say you want players to really come hard and go with you on um, pre-season camp and two, I'm not yep. sure about John Eels. But, um, yeah. yeah, but Berkey, who have you gone with? But he's designed an app now for pre-season camp. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. Right. Virtual. Well, these, these are the guys. These are the guys who just have to basically push. That's their job. You know, they, they've got to provide the weight on the uh, on the scrum. So uh, I've thrown out a name of Rod McCall, whom uh, I played with early days for the Wallabies. Timmy was a partner of yours or a, a teammate of yours for the Reds for so long. Uh, Bill Campbell, also, you know, going back her, uh, in, in yes, the earlier days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a couple of guys who have been in more recent times, Warwick War, whom we played with, about six foot ten. Uh, didn't actually have to jump in the lineup, which is pretty handy. He just sort of stood there and lift, lifted his arms up. Yep. Uh, Dave Giffen and Dan Vickerman, two of the Dave more Giffen, current, yeah. blo- current yeah. blokes, if, if you call it that. All right, so the second row, just for those who aren't you know, too familiar, so they are the guys in the middle who are pushing, not the flankers. We're, we're picking them separately. Yeah. You're right, okay. Yep. So, they're, they're so these are the guys that yeah. jump, in, they jump in the line out, so they jump sort of the second man back or the fourth man back in the line out, and they get lifted a lot of the time. So if you're six foot eight, you can virtually lift them to about ten foot, and yep. the hookers usually still can't hit them, but um, <laughs> that's their job, and and to push in the scrum. <laughs> All right, that's their job. Okay, so we've got a list of names there. Uh, do you gentlemen want a little bit of thinking music? Uh, because we need to just come up with two, sadly. Yes, please. That is the role. Just something nice and... Uh, oh, I'm sure you can I'm think through that. Eels, even though he's not the a pressure. good tourist. Yeah, you've probably got to give Eels one spot, haven't you, really? Are you going to make him captain? Oh, that's better. I suppose that comes pro- after. need a tough bloke beside no. him. Yeah, Steve Cutler. Steve Cutler. Definitely Steve Cutler. He, he changed the dynamics of uh, world rugby in the line-out. So Steve Cutler from the 80s, and you've got one from the 90s and the Eels. All right, there we have it. The second row in the ultimate wallaby, the Rucks ultimate wallabies, is Steve Cutler and John Eels. The little C next to the name, I guess, will be decided about the end uh, once we've picked our 15. But for the moment, both of those gentlemen join the squad. Uh, next week, we'll hit the flankers, yes. That's the only reason he came on the show this morning, that he got... Just sucking up. ...in our team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he won't be captain on the tour, let me tell you. (laughs) Really? (laughs) All right, what's happening uh, in the world of rugby during this weekend and next, Timmy? Oh, obviously the Western Force play the Waratahs this afternoon over in Perth, so um, that's to the last of this of this round. The No Super Rugby coming up next weekend, but obviously the British and Irish Lions will head down to Newcastle, yep. and as we saw, uh, they'll play the combined New South Wales and Queensland country team, which will be a, a great opportunity for both teams there. And then the British and Irish Lions will jump on their bus and head down to Sydney and take on the Waratahs at the Sydney Football Stadium on Saturday. So that'll be a great match Saturday night, so get out there. I think that's virtually sold out there at the Sydney Football Stadium. And then, obviously, the All Blacks will take on the French uh, in the second Test match. The All Blacks had a good win yesterday against the French, and uh, the French came into the blocks well. So all the All Black fans will be a second Test match there on Saturday. Hey, we spoke earlier about, about the, that Western Force, and it's been you know key to what we're talking about today, about them not getting their, their, the best available team on there. It, it, do you think there's any kind of thing from Robbie Dean, Dean through to these other teams, what he wants them to do? Is there any kind of strategy in terms of what, when these teams play against the line? Well, maybe there was the conspiracy theory of put out a weak team, so by the time they come to the test matches, they're not perhaps up and ready for it. But you know, the players want to play, the the, the coach want to play. I'm sure that the, the biggest thing that they they would have spoken about, and and Brett Sheen spoke about last week, was be physical, yeah. actually test the, the the visitors, see how difficult he's going to play. And, and last night was the perfect example of that. The speed and the, and the Intensity, the physicality of that game was uh, of, it nearly warranted a test match sort of status. It was well, oh, so sorry, it was unofficial, fourth, wasn't it? Unofficial fourth test. Match. Unofficial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Timmy, thanks much for being with us, Berkey, and thank you for joining us. Get out, watch some footy. We'll catch up again next week on the Ruck. This is the Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show.